0: Well, we'll be taking a weekly look at the 2020 NFL Draft and how the Panthers might approach it. We are British as well, so feel free to have a good laugh at our accents and maybe even have a go yourself. Um, we are a proud part of the Riot Network, which is powered by Ortho Carolina. That's all your Panthers podcast you could possibly want, all in one place. If you do learn something during this week's podcast, uh, if you have a laugh, please do feel free to share, rate, rate, And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from so that other Panthers fans can find us and enjoy the show too. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell any Panthers fans that you know to give us a go. Uh, If you don't like the show then, yeah, as usual, please do keep your opinions to yourself. Um, My name's Ollie. I'm one of the leaders of the Royal Riot here in the UK uh, and I'll be your host right up until the draft. And once again, I'm joined by Vincent. Vincent, tell us a little bit about yourself again, please. Uh,
1: Hello, I'm Vincent. I'm the uh, analyst for the Right Report. I'm also sort of the draft guru, as uh, glorious editor likes to say. And so I'll be doing all of the sort of tape-based analysis and the big boards for the draft coverage.
0: Good stuff. So last time we spoke about the offense, Uh, if you've not heard that one yet, then do go back and and have a listen because we covered it in quite a bit of detail. Um, And we talked about some of the new coaching hires in, in Carolina as well but um, we've had some other Panthers news this week, more coaching hires and, and or potential coaching hires but um, the big news was was Luke Heakley, um, who has decided to call things a day on his career. Um, there's been a lot of coverage about this and a lot of tributes from across the league um, on not just who he was as a player but who he was as a man as well. Um, Vincent, for you, what what was it that really set Luke apart from everyone else? Uh, so I think the thing that people are going to talk about is
1: his ability to to recognise um, defenses and just hear his his understanding of where things were going and his ability to to, to win the game mentally. And I think that uh, legitimately is something that he did that you just you just don't see players do. Uh, I mean, you you can make a legitimate argument that he is one of the greatest if not the greatest linebackers to ever play the game uh, and obviously it's hard comparing players era to era but it, it it's hard to imagine the Panthers will, will ever have a linebacker that good again.
0: It was always fun watching uh, him and Breeze uh, go up against each other because you could just see that they're just standing there staring at each other and, and Luke was just calling out the plays and um you know Breeze has spoken openly about how they had to make so many changes when when they were playing Luke just because of who he was and his ability to to read offenses and, and understand them. So yeah, he's yeah, going to be a huge huge loss to us, not just on the field, but you know in the locker room as well in terms of his leadership and his work ethic that I think is very well publicized.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I he's a player. Yeah, that the, the Panthers are going to probably lose a lot of players and have lost a lot of players in the last couple of years. I think he's definitely in the category of players you you just you you can't replace. You're you you're never going to get that player again, and so you have to work about how you can how you can build the defense without such a player.
0: Potential spot as a linebackers coach, do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's been talked about what what, what exactly whether you know some have said scouting, some have said sort of off you know uh, defensive quality control that kind of stuff. I I'm not sure whether he'd go and be a linebackers coach immediately. I think defensive assistant of some sort probably would work better. Where you know. I think as a linebacker's coach, that's more. I mean, he. I don't think he'd be bad. Don't get me wrong, but I think his real value is more more about the game preparation side of things. And I think maybe uh, almost like a, a an assistant defensive coordinator or just a, just a defensive quality control coach would would possibly be be a, a more natural fit. I, I don't know whether he does that right away or whether he takes a year out and comes back to it. I mean, he, he's 28, so he's, he's certainly got time. But I, I he's one of those players. you, Yeah, I, th- I think has 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 a pretty clear pathway to being a pretty good coach
0: so while on the subject of coaches um phil snow is widely tipped and should we say nailed on <laughs> it's yeah it's close, it, it gets, isn't it
1: yeah i, I it, it seems if, if he wasn't a defensive coordinator it would now be a massive shock i'll put it that way
0: yeah um, so what can panthers fans expect from our D next year with with him in charge do you think
1: uh, it's gonna be interesting. so uh, it's one of those things where so when when it sort of started to be strongly strongly link that he might take the job, I started to to go back and watch not only his, his Baylor defense but also his temple defense. and one, they're quite different, I think would be the shortest thing like he he what he does is not. he does you know he again the thing he said about about sort of you know the co- coaching staff uh, on the offensive side as well is that there's sort of a pragmatism of building around around what you have rather than than what you'd want to have. Um, i mean you watch Baylor's defense particularly late in the season in, in the in the, the sort of the the big games against uh, georgia and oklahoma and it's it's um yeah it, it's it's a very interesting defense he he essentially it was a three four but it was 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 much more of like a legitimate three defensive linesman who rush they 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 they, they rushed three an extraordinary amount and effectively played three safeties a lot so that, that that it was it was not a formation i've ever seen in the nfl it was really quite fun and it, that uh, you know i would be surprised if he just transforms that literally you know, scheme to scheme to the nfl but i think again it's like with brady you've got someone who is maybe taking a a different approach and is willing to not not just stick to convention and again that will probably take some time to adjust to the nfl and it, it might just not work altogether but there. He certainly seems willing to try things and to build around what he has. Like at Baylor, they had three really good defensive linesmen. so so they, they 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 built a scheme that allowed them to rush three a lot of the time. Um, uh, and in the NFL, you know, with the Panthers, it's not clear exactly what they're going to have, but you'd have thought you start building around players like Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, uh, Kwan Short. You know, you, you build around what you have, not what you want to have.
0: Yeah I I think it's what's quite interesting as well is you know we've gone very youthful in terms of on the offensive side of the ball but we've gone pretty experienced and not so much obviously in the NFL but in terms of you know how long he's been around and been a been a coach mm-hmm. um you know he's he's done some he's got some miles on the clock right so we've we've got a, quite a nice mix here of there's some youth and, and some exciting young coaches but we've also got the <clears throat> the old heads as well
1: yeah, and I think that does. I think there's certainly a, a there. there yeah, you know, that, that does that does have value, definitely. I, I think the, the 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 one thing Phil Snow doesn't really have is a ton of, of at least recent NFL coaching experience. Um, and even though he is, it's one of those things where where he is he is a more experienced coach, but he is a he, he is not a typical NFL. So if if you generally if you hire an NFL coach who's who's of that age, you do get some flexibility, but a lot of them have basically worked out what they think that what they do schematically. Whereas he still seems to be quite um, keen to change things, which is which is which is a really positive thing. Like it, 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 it's it's an open-mindedness and a, and a willingness to experiment that I think could serve the Panthers really well in the long run. Um, but yeah, it, it, there is probably going to be more of a learning curve with with him. As a as, as an experienced college coach, than there would be if you just rolled in, you know, Rob Ryan, say. Um, so I mean, don't me wrong. I think Phil Snow would be a better hire than than, than Rob Ryan, but but there, there's still a, a there's going to be an adjustment period, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, and and also being tipped to rejoin the Panthers is Al Holcomb, who yeah is going to come in as defensive run game coordinator, which correct me if I'm wrong, is a new position for us in Carolina
1: yes it is I think it's kind of I mean it's always interesting with these kind of things so so John Matsko last year was the uh, offensive run game coordinator and you're never really sure whether that's just them giving him a nice title because he's essentially just the offensive line coach or whether he's actually deeply involved in the run game Um, I mean the caveat with Al Holcomb is that if you look at the last two teams he's been on the Browns and the Cardinals they both ranked 30th in run defensive efficiency the last two seasons, so uh, <laughs>
0: that would be an improvement for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it would actually. I mean, I, mean, but, but I think it's also a bit where it's quite—it's very hard to tie things down to one coach. So, and neither of those teams had the talent to be amazing. So, to be fair to Holcomb, it's not like he, he had the uh, the Patriots defense or the, uh, the, the, the 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 Bills defense, and they—they they were still terrible. Um, but yeah exactly what that looks like is still quite uncertain
0: do you, do you think this is just a a nice shiny title for someone they want in or do you think that the fact that we are going out and looking at creating new positions and doing things differently is actually a sign that you know tepper and and is and kind of looking at this thing you know we need to make some fundamental changes to the organization
1: i think it's probably a bit of both um i, I think there are definitely Signs that they are going to look to do things a bit differently, um, and I think that's that's a good thing because because it's, if you're rebuilding, there's no reason to play it safe. Um, but I, I there is all I think the thing is if Holcomb had just been a linebacker's coach elsewhere, you'd think it was sort of more of a a designed role. But because he's been a, a defensive coordinator previously, there is a, it's it, it's a bit like with the Eric Washington in, in Carolina, where I mean I know he is now. He, not, no longer in Carolina, but but the the it was always hard for someone who's been promoted to a certain role to then then take those steps back, particularly for a coordinator going back to be a position coach. I thought that that that's that sometimes they, they want to sort of glorify it a little bit just to sort of ease some egos. i I'm, again I'm not saying that's the case here, but it, it it's it's hard to know exactly until until we see it manifested on the field. It's hard to know exactly how much he will be involved in designing the run defense as opposed to just being a linebacker's coach really.
0: Hmm. Okay, so before we go into each individual position, <clears throat> without using the words dumpster fire, <laughs> how would you describe our defense this season? Just gone. Uh,
1: I think highly dysfunctional. Uh, I, I, I I think it shouldn't be underestimated how significant the injuries to kwan short and Ontari Poe were. That that you early in the season. They weren't an amazing defense, but but they were a much better defense than they were at the end of the season, particularly with, I mean, Short does all kinds of really good things. And I think he would probably, he he went out early enough that it was hard to really tell, but he could probably have elevated what they were doing. He, you know, he creates some, he really gets into the backfield really well. He's very disruptive. Um, But but particularly when you're running the, like, if you're running a 3-4 defense, you need someone in the middle to clog up the interior rushing lanes and allow the players around them to, to be effective. And Dontari Poe is really quite good at that. But not only that, the Panthers had no natural replacement for him on the roster. That was one of the really particularly what because they, well, it wasn't clear with Vernon Butler whether they were going to try and make him add a little bit of weight and play the nose or lose some weight and play the three tech. And it's, it appears like he slimmed down a bit and played the three tech. And what that meant is Carl Love isn't really a nose tackle. He's like a a, a, a classic four three no, uh, one tech um, who relies more on kind of uh, leverage and body position to fill gaps rather than just uh, being a big man who pushes really hard, um, and so losing Poe did make things look a lot worse than they were before they lost Poe. But I, I also don't think they really adjusted well. I mean, Luke Kigley appeared that they they appeared to have some real issues in terms of adjusting to shifts and motions and stuff. They they were cons- they, the tackling wasn't amazing. It was it was I think it's one of those things where the season went sort of going downhill, and how bad they were in the last few weeks was probably a result of the fact they'd just given up. You know, the whole Dante Jackson blaming the coaches after the game, Vernon Butler getting into a fight and then flipping off the cloud in, crowd in Indy. You know, these are not signs of a defence that really wants to be there. So I, I think there were there were bits where the team kind of gave up later on in the season as well. Um
0: and saw Luke on the sideline kind of losing it at, at, at some points towards the end of the season. Um, now we know why, because he was like, these are my last yeah. games and, and this is absolute crap. Um, yeah, like, I, but I think I think
1: I think I think, think it's it it, some of that is cause and effect as well. Um, where I think some of the frustration was also the fact that he couldn't do it anymore, or, or that he didn't feel like he could do it. That that, and that's partly because he holds himself to such st- such a extremely high standard that 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 falling off even a little bit feels like like failure. But that that I think it wasn't just that he felt that others were letting him down. I think as much as it was just that, that it just, just wasn't working. Like it it wasn't, you know, there were definitely points where you could sort of feel him just pointing at someone and going like, what on earth are you doing? You idiot. But, but there are other times where I think it was just, it was a frustration that the whole system wasn't really working. And I I don't, I, I don't think they ever really handled the shift to the three, four. Well, and that's not because three, four defenses are terrible or, or anything like that, but just, they kind of had personnel which didn't really fit a three four and and they also didn't really have a clear idea of exactly how they were going to use it. And it, it just felt very sort of slapdash really.
0: So kind of the opposite of what we've been talking about, about our new coordinators who come in and, and look to put a scheme in place for the people that we have. We kind yeah. of tried to shoehorn a scheme in. <laughs> and yeah. Didn't really have the personnel for it.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean I, I I don't know how much it was Ron doing it because he thought it was the right thing and how much he thought he probably had to try something. Um, it, it seems a very odd thing having having run a 4-3 for so long to suddenly go, oh no, we're going to run a 3-4 now with the same coaches. I, I it, you, you do have to wonder where that kind of idea originated from, but it, it certainly was not well executed.
0: Okay. Right, well, let's start drilling down into each individual position then we'll start on the interior um mm-hmm. so i mean you mentioned uh short and poe already but i think we it's fair to say they're going to feature you know about are there question marks over them staying healthy you know so what do you I, I, about? so i don't I,
1: I it's not about them staying healthy i don't think i mean as in that they might not but it's not like they've had long periods of injury it's just that they happened to get hurt last year um I because of their ages it's hard to see them if the team are going to rebuild over sort of two to four year timescale it's hard to see them being part of that at the end um and so the question is more about when do they move on how do they move on and uh, and, and what are the factors that go into that so for for Poe you obviously have the fact that he's this is the last year of his contract um I, and, and the panthers could just save loads of cat by getting rid of him However, I, unless they're really, I can't imagine they're really going to be really tight up against the cap this year. So maybe, particularly coming off an injury, and also the fact that you, you know you do actually have to have some players, um, I would have thought that for Poe, they they might get rid of him before the, the free agency. We, we, you know, it's hard to tell, but there's probably a chance that they they take him into the season, hoping that he plays quite well, and then maybe they have a tradable asset. Because whilst no, you know it's only going to be quite hard to trade him now as a player coming off an injury um, who, 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 you know, and teams have, you know, a lot of options in terms of where they go, but then say yet to week six, someone's lost their nose tackle for the season who wants to compete for a Super Bowl, And suddenly you can say, well, okay, sure. He's getting paid, you know, uh, 10 million a year or whatever, but actually it's half the season now. So it's only 5 million. And actually he gives you a chance to compete. And, and, and so you maybe have a tradable asset in season. I think, for short, I'd be surprised if they cut him, just because you save almost no cap by doing so. Uh, I think they save $2 million against the cap by cutting uh, KK short, so I, 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 I'd be surprised if they did that. But again, he's a player that, maybe not this season, maybe more next off season, just starts to become a tradable asset. I mean, it's not because he's not a really good player, because he is a really good player. But... He one is paid quite a lot of money, but also is is getting towards the end of his career, and there aren't many defensive tackles who play into their mid thirties. And I think he's now thirty one, or will be thirty one by the time the season rolls around. And and that it's hard to re, you know to rebuild whilst keeping hold of of tradable veterans. Cool.
0: Uh, speaking of which, what about McCoy? You. you know, he's obviously come across for, for one year do you think he's coming back or is he moving I, on I'd be surprised if he did
1: and, uh, unless he he wants to be in Carolina and takes a massive discount or just doesn't have the options he, think he thinks he does I mean why if they're rebuilding it's hard to see why he'd want to come back I mean he he came for a season to try and win a title they're probably not even going to be in contention for one next year so I, I think he moves on I think if you're the Panthers you, unless he's going to be dirt cheap you just let him move on and take the compensatory pick a year's time
0: Agreed, agreed. Um, so you mentioned um, Butler earlier, obviously there's love as well. I mean, Butler, there's... there's Surely there's going to be some question marks around his character?
1: Um, I, I mean, uh, so... I try and stay away from character questions just because it's so hard, unless you know the player, to actually make any kind of value judgment. Um, I don't think you can... Necessarily blame a player for losing his temper in a season that has probably been quite frustrating. I mean, don't get me wrong, he should have been fined. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been fined, but but you know, I, I think you can maybe look a, too much into instances like this, which you know obviously the NFL doesn't like because it makes them look bad. But but I, I don't think he's necessarily a terrible person because he he he. I, I think also if, you, if if you if you look at the clip of of him throwing the punch, I think he. It, it it's, so I, he he they, him and the the offensive linesman go to the ground and I think he he then just reacts and and again if you're the coaching team or you're you're the you're the front office you know what he's you know you've had four years to understand who he is as a player and i and you, you have a decision to make there but I I I don't think he's done anything that's so horrendously egregious as there's no way they bring him back um, I, I I don't know I, I I don't really like getting into the the sort of Cod psychology of, of why a player did what they did, uh, but I think on the field he 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 obviously has been a bit of a disappointment. Um, he ne- he has never lived up to the potential of, of, that he showed as a prospect, but he's actually been a decent player. Like he's he's not a star player, and as a first round pick, he is a disappointment. But I think you could maybe overreact and ignore the fact that he's actually a perfectly decent sort of rotational piece. Um, obviously he had quite a lot of sacks this year which could push his price up elsewhere that that, that maybe another team just looks at his sack total and goes right we'll, we'll give him a, a three year 30 million dollar contract and i think if you do that you just let him walk but i uh, i think the Panthers would have some interest in bringing him back as a rotation piece i mean partly because if 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 you do go into the draft i mean there's been a lot of talk about i'm going maybe after to Derek brown the auburn defensive tackle but he could well not be there at seven and maybe that's not the decision you way to go or, or you know I think I think you can't assume you have a starter better than him um and, and actually you need to he, he's young enough that he could be there as a rotation piece at the end of the of a rebuild so I think they have some interest in him um I think Kyle Love is probably gone partly because I, I think he's just right at the end of his career but I think also it, 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 you could probably just get a similar player for similar amounts of money for less and, and I think it's probably time to move on there though he has been a good player
0: So, I mean, yeah, what do you see us doing in in free agency and draft? Do you think, and you mentioned potentially taking the the Auburn um, DT there, but do you think it's going to be a a real key position for us where we're we're really looking to go, or is it, Always going to be the old adage of you take the best player available. I, I think it's very much best player available.
1: Um, I think in terms of free agency, I think because of the, unless they move on from Poe, and even if they do, I'd still be a bit surprised. But because of the money tied up at the position already, it, it's 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 hard to see them being big players in free agency at the defensive line. Um, but I, I, you know, maybe low value free agents or or also uh, you know, I, I think yeah, best player available in the draft really is going to be the thing, and I, that might make it quite hard to work out what they're going to do. But I I think, realistically, there are very few positions where they couldn't draft someone in the first or second round. And so it will just be who do they think is the best one there.
0: Good stuff. OK, so let's move out a bit and and look at the edge. Yeah. So, um, obviously, we've already touched on the whole 3-4 and the 4-3 and and how that affected the the defence this season and and whether, whether or not players may not have reached their potential this year. Um, what about Mario and, and, and Irving?
1: Um, so, yeah, I, I, th- I think the indications are that they're going to move back towards more of a 4-3. And, it, and again, exactly what that looks like, we don't know. But I think the they're probably going to move more towards that. Um, I think I'd be a bit surprised if Bruce Irving came back. Um, not because I think he was bad. I think he was perfectly decent. But again, he's an older player, doesn't have a, a long history with the Carolina, you know, He's not a, a, a player who's been here a lot, so i think he wouldn't necessarily have a ton of loyalty to come back for the sake of it and you know again he can go somewhere else he'll get another chance to be a rotation piece on a, on a contender properly and and the panthers can take their comp pick um i think with mario it's a little bit more complicated um I think one of the things that people forget in rebuilds at times is that you do need veteran players to be there as teachers and leaders. And you can't just get rid of every veteran player and think you're going to suddenly build. You you, you do have to build a culture of some form and that, and that does involve having some veteran players. I think with with Mario, it depends an awful lot on what kind of money he attracts in free agency. Uh, You know, obviously he's, he has been really good the last three or four years and there is a chance that, that he gets offered, you know, Probably not a long-term contract, but but significant money for a year or two. And I think in that case, again, the Panthers would probably have to let him walk. But he is someone I think they would probably have some interest in bringing back. Uh, partly because they could probably do with, an, with a with a more experienced Ed Russia, given how young the rest of the room is. Uh, but also, you know, there Brian Burns showed a number of flashes as a rookie, but it's not a, a room with a whole load of definite um, names in it. So, so I think maybe Mario comes back, but I think Irvin probably
0: leaves. I mean, you mentioned um, Burns. They got got Miller as well. You know, it is it's a young room, like you said. So, do you think they're ready to be full time starters?
1: Uh, maybe. I th- I think I th- I think having spent a first round pick on Burns a year ago, you 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 have to start him next year, really. I, I I don't think you could you could justify saying well well we're gonna sign two players to start ahead of him if you do lose do lose Addison and Irvin. Um, I think Miller probably they'd want to have as a, a third or fourth defensive end. I don't think they'd be quite happy just, you know, and maybe maybe they are, maybe they think a lot higher of him than 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 that's what sort of his play suggests. But given he wasn't really active for a lot of the season, um, I'd have thought they would probably see him still more of a developmental rotation piece, which then does mean you have to find a starter from somewhere. Whether whether that's starting someone like Abada or a more experienced player like Wes Horton if they bring him back or whether that's bringing in Addison. But I, I, yeah, I I think it's one of those things where there's a lot of talent in the edge room, but it is a really young room. Um, And so they they do need to add some veteran names, whether that's a high value free agent like Addison or or a lower value free agent.
0: So you mentioned Obada there. This is the Great British Drafting Show. So it'd be remiss for us not to talk a little bit more about him and and obviously the extension that he's had. Yeah. Do you think? What do you think his chances are of, of, of staying on, on the team for another season?
1: I think they're better if they move to a 4-3. I think he, he was far more impressive as a 4-3 defensive end than as a 3-4 defensive end. And I don't think he was bad this season, but I think he was kind of pretty replaceable. I mean, his, his whole body shape, you know, I know they asked him to put on a lot of weight, but he, he, he you know, if you compare him to a Gerald McCoy or a, Dun, or a Quan Shaw, I mean, he's it, just not the same shape of player. And they kind of, the move to a 3-4 didn't really suit him at all. I think he, as a 4-3 defensive end, he has a much better chance, um, particularly as sort of a more experienced head in the room. But also I think he was legitimately quite a good player as a 4-3 defensive end. And given how young he is in terms of, in football terms, I, th- I think the the chance that he continues to get better, I think is, 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 is not insignificant. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm... It will depend a bit on exactly what the scheme looks like, but I, I think he has a much better chance in going back to a four-three.
0: Mm. I mean, there's, there's still going to be a lot of upside on him, right? Because he hasn't yeah. known the game a huge amount of time. No, but you there, know, there so is, as he there, keeps learning, there's, there's that upside in, with him.
1: Yeah, there is, but there is also the bit that you tend—you know—it's one of those things where players don't tend to learn as quickly the older they get because they have either start to build bad habits or they, you know. Ultimately, sort of, you know, teaching has done what teaching can do. So, uh, you know, he probably will not continue to improve at the pace he did in his first season. Also, the fact that, you know, as you get older, sort of your your, your body starts to not be able to do quite the same things. So, you know, I don't think that's going to be bad, but I think the there is going to come a point where he probably stops improving a huge amount. I don't know what, you know, that could be next season. It could be in two years' time. Um, but I, I think he's he's probably never going to be a superstar, but I think he is, a, again, a good rotational piece.
0: Oh, so do you see us doing much in the draft in this position or, or do you think we've got enough in the room already uh, and just look at free agency for a bit more, a bit more experience
1: I, I think it probably won't be a priority in the draft I, I again if you get to day three and there's someone you like I, I don't think there's the room is full and you couldn't bring someone in but uh, that you know with, but, but with, it, it also depends on what they do for free agency as well but I I can't see how it's a priority that you do have young names in Burns and Miller who could potentially develop into a a good starting pair in a year's time. You know, Abada is still young enough that he could be there in a year or two's time. And Marcus Haynes hasn't really shown a huge amount. So it's hard to be too optimistic about him, but, but there's, it probably wouldn't be a priority. But again, if you're going best player available, you're going best player available. And if that happens to be an edge rusher, then that's what you do really.
0: Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. So, um, Linebackers, wow. Um, given what we talked about uh, at the top of the show, we've we've got a bit of a gap there uh, yeah. a fairly large Luke shaped hole yeah. has been left in the linebacker room. Um, and as we said before, you know it's not just what he brings you know, on the field, but it's in that linebacker room as well. And you know his meticulous approach and, and watching film and, and you know breeding that sort of culture within the room that's mm-hmm. gone. So yeah, we've drafted actually quite a few linebackers over the years, and it was kind yeah. of, you know, with Davis going and everyone was kind of saying, well, when's he being replaced? Um, you know, little did we know that obviously Luke was going to be going so soon. Um, I, I guess we're probably going to have to dip into linebackers in the draft.
1: Um, I see. I I this is something I'm I'm far I think is actually probably less of a need than people think. Like, they not be wrong. They're going to miss Luke. That's a massive loss. But also you can't expect to replace Luke. And you could spend, it's a bit like quarterbacks. You could spend five years just drafting quarterbacks in the first round. And you could spend five years just drafting linebackers in the first round. And none of them turn out to be anywhere near as good as Luke Kuechly. So I think Shaq is obviously going to be the guy now. Um, and I, I, I think you just have to give Jermaine Carter a shot. Like, he might be terrible. But if you're rebuilding, you, you can't keep drafting mid-round players and then never giving them a chance. Um and, you know, you look at, say, an AJ Klein, who kind of was a, a bit peripheral, was kind of OK as sort of that third, maybe fourth linebacker, and then has gone on and been a perfectly solid starter for the Saints. So I, I think you maybe Jermaine Carter can be AJ Klein, and, and, and that probably wouldn't be a massive strength to your defence, but it's certainly not a weakness either. Uh, and I think you have to give him a shot. I, I I think, I think yeah, you could, you could panic into trying to sign a Luke replacement when really that might not be the smartest thing to try and do, just because you're not going to replace him and you could spend a lot of time wishing you could. Mm.
0: Do, do you think we've got anyone else in that room who's who's ready to take a step up then?
1: Yeah, I, I think both Andre Smith and um, Jordan Kunisik, um will probably get some look. If they go back to a 4-3 and they're going to play three linebackers at times, you've got two youngish guys there who, who haven't really shown much that they can't do if that makes any sense like they had they they haven't gone out and been repeatedly exposed in preseason or anything like that so i think they at least get a a chance i mean get me wrong i think they might explore the free agent market um to bring in a sort of borderline starter maybe sort of someone like a a kevin pierre louise or a a darren lee who who sort of haven't quite managed to stick at other places but have kind of been sort of borderline starters um and maybe they give one of those guys a shot just to sort of fill out the room but I, i I think you've spent enough draft assets and have enough young players at linebacker that, that given the other needs, you, you, it's not like they have to have a starter for next year and you might as well see what you have in Jermaine Carter and Andre Smith. And then if, if they're not good enough, then maybe in a year's time you start to look to address that.
0: Cool. Good stuff. Well, let's move uh, back a little bit then and look at the cornerback position. Yeah. So, it's been an interesting position for a few years this one actually um yeah. you know ever since Norman left it's been sort of here there and everywhere um what did you make of Bradbury's Bradbury season
1: so I think James Bradbury is a good cornerback um I think he he's one of those players who who is who does some things really well and has some notable limitations um and maybe early on in the season it looked like he'd overcome some of those but I think he's kind of you know regress back to the mean and that don't be wrong he's a he's a he's a very good cornerback and someone's going to pay him money to be probably their number one corner but uh he he doesn't have ball production upside which is going to limit his sort of absolute ceiling you look at the contracts that cornerbacks get guys who very rarely get more than two or three interceptions a season don't tend to get super big contracts um but he's particularly good against bigger receivers and which in in the nfc south when you've got michael thomas uh, and um uh, Evans and uh, Julio. That that kind of that that does have some real value. Um, but you know, again, he doesn't match up particularly well against smaller receivers. Just but that that that's you know the reality of who he is as a player. Um, I it's the other thing. He's also a bit of a because he was quite an old rookie. He's now comparatively old player hitting free agency for the first time, particularly a position where players tend to fall off athletically at a certain age, and so if the Panthers aren't going to be competing, although he's a really good player, it's it's he's someone who I think it's really hard to tell what happens to him in free agency. Because while I think the Panthers would have some interest in bringing him back, it's it's hard to tie him into a, a long-term contract if, if, if the fear is that he is going to fall off and it's not like he has the ball production to still be a valuable player.
0: Yeah, cool. So um, we drafted Jackson pretty high last year. Yeah. um he's certainly um certainly got the confidence uh, <laughs> um, yeah. and he's got the speed um i've known you know his tackling sometimes has left a little bit to be desired what, what's your take on him and, and what, what does he need to do to get back on track do you think
1: so yeah so i think it's one of the things where he as a rookie he showed the value the, like the upside and i think as a second year player the expectation was that he'd start to to kind of solidify himself from a technical point of view and I don't think he really did that and and I think he he there are some mental errors, um, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a great tackler, Just, I mean he's not the biggest cornerback in the world and I think he's you know, he, there are going to be, be, be issues that you know, it, that's not actually the end of the world but that's never going to be the strength of his game he's, he, he, he does have good ball skills, he does have good vertical speed um, but he can be a bit sloppy in terms of his footwork at times and there are a few mental errors in zone um, however, Perry Fuel wasn't exactly super impressive as a, either a head coach or a sort of a defensive play caller. And you, I think this is the thing with players is it's like, you remember a couple of seasons ago where like the whole defensive line took a step back from a production point of view, and it turns out that maybe Brady Hoke wasn't the best defensive lines coach. Um, I, I, I don't know, Perry Fuel might be a great defensive uh, uh, backs coach, but there wasn't like any of the defensive backs took a notable step forward this year um and so maybe uh maybe that's something that with a different positional coach he can kind of get back on track i mean he's still young enough that 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 you have to be optimistic about what he can do and i think he you you have to start him next year and, and see how he does um but it's it's one of those things where there are players with loads of talent. Who sometimes never quite live up to their potential, and I think for Jackson, it's how close to that can he get. Um, But no, uh, the Panthers aren't in a position to try and replace him, and I think they'd be foolish to to give up give up on him this early. But I think he he didn't really take the step that some were hoping he would this year. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. What about Cockrell and and Elliott then? What's the knock on? So, so I I I think for
1: for Cockrell is is kind of the one that probably depends an awful lot on Bradbury. Like, so cornerbacks generally. Apart from a few exceptional players, there's generally an adjustment period. Like, very few rookie cornerbacks come in and are great from day one. Um, so, I, I, I'd have thought if they do move on from Bradbury, even if they look to the draft to find a long term replacement, I'd have thought they'd have a reasonable interest in bringing back Cockrell, who, again, whilst having some limitations, you know, he's not the fastest guy. Um, so, he probably isn't going to cover sort of if you're running a four, if you running a four three, he's going to struggle to stay with them. But is, is, is a, a perfectly good forward-line starter-caliber cornerback, um, even for a good team. So I think if, if Bradbury does leave, I think the the expectation or the hope would be that they'd bring back a cockerel to to start opposite Jackson and then maybe you, you draft a younger player to sort of work in or rotate um, into maybe a, a, a nickel-type role. Elliott's kind of an odd one in that he was fine as a nickel, but he was nothing more than fine. But the other thing is, is you, you know, the Panthers only have so many draft picks. And as you probably can tell at this point, they have quite a lot of needs and they can't address all of them in the draft. I, I think there's a chance they trade down potentially if they had draft picks who trades or whatever. OK, they, they could add more than just seven, but they're not going to draft 20 players. So y- you can't have that many holes after free agency. And, and whilst Elliott isn't um, probably a long term part of what you want to do defensively, you could probably do worse than have him as your third cornerback going into going into the draft. So depending on the cost, players like him and Cockrell could be affordable options to fit out the roster as you try and work out what you want to do going forwards. But, it, it, you know, you can spend a lot of money chasing cornerbacks in free agency. So the, the competence is, is, is at least something that has a
0: value. Yeah. And. You know like you said we're not going to be able to address everything so do you think because of that they, they might have the, the, the patience for the likes of, of elder or, or not
1: um I think he's in training camp just because of his contract uh, but again I think he's in I've mean, talked a bit before but he's in the category of players who under Rivera because of the continuity probably were were, were, were relatively safe were' certainly going to be in training camp. Um, but I think he's probably going to have to really fight for his spot this year. I mean, obviously, depending on, on how how focused Panthers are on cornerback, like if the if Panthers let Elliott and, and, and Bradbury walk and just bring back Cockrell and like one middle tier free agent. Then, you know, he's going to have a real chance just because they aren't going to hit on that many cornerbacks in the draft. Um, but but I, I don't think he he's not assured of a roster spot like again, he's fine it's a bit like Tyler Larson on offense. Like he's fine when he started, it's clear he's not a starter, um, but he's not so bad that you can't afford to have him on the 53. However, if you're going to rebuild, if you've got a a UDFA who looks to be about as good, you take the chance on the UDFA because there's probably more chance they improve. So I think he'll be, he'll be competing in training camp and it will just depend on, on what they happen to get in terms of sort of late round picks and UDFAs really. Cool.
0: Good stuff. Well, so, um, last but by no means least on the defense is the safety side of things so um does eric reed do we do we change how we're using eric reed moving forward do you think
1: um yeah i think this is something certainly to look at i i think particularly with the move back to a to a 4-3 if it does happen that eric reed is a is a really genuinely very good run defender um and he is okay in coverage well that's 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 probably a bit unfair he his value in coverage depends an awful lot about which coverage you put him in um so don't put him in deep coverage because he's not that fast and in man coverage he has some limit like he's he's not going to stay with better route runners but as like an underneath robber type zone defender he he's actually not too bad um but that then limits what you can do and Something that might be interesting to see is, is, is whether he almost gets used as the third linebacker at times. I think that's something that certainly, you know, he played a bit of linebacker when he was in San Francisco. Um, and given his coverage limitations, if you're looking to build around what he does well, he has to play in and around the box. That, that's, his, that's his game. Um, and I think the Panthers at times last year one of the issues they had was that they were asking him to play deep coverage and that's just not you know if you if you're talk about sort of using players putting players in positions to succeed that's not a position where he's likely to succeed so make that yeah he's a player who you know if you're taking sort of a more pragmatic phil snow defensive approach is maybe a guy who sees his role change maybe, you know doesn't mean he's not a starter but just maybe he gets rotated out in clear passing situations or maybe he sort of moves to more of a linebacker type role in those situations so it, it's He's somebody who I think could be seen as more of a, a flexible rotation type piece than a, a clear, just you're the second stage starter.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we bought in Boston um, at the uh, beginning of last season or this season, should I say, we're still technically in this season. Um, what do you think they do with him? Do you think they, they give him another year or do you think it's it's time to move on?
1: Um, I think, it, again, it depends on cost. Like, you know, if, if he signs a similar contract to what he signed last year, or maybe like a two-year version of it, effectively, then I think they'd have some interest, just because, you know, again, it, it just it allows you to... If you draft somebody, so say you draft somebody in the second round, you can almost do what you did with Boston when he was a rookie, that you kind of you, and in his, in, in his first and second seasons, Boston kind of played a little bit here and there. He saw the field a reason why it was like a third safety, um, but he wasn't sort of like, you're the starter now, go and play. Whereas I think you can the Panthers can only move on from so many veterans this year and expect to not have, like, rookies looking completely lost. And whilst, obviously, you need to give them game time to allow them to develop, if you draft, say, a, 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 a rookie safety in sort of the, the, the second or third round, you can't just stick them out there in the deep middle and say, right, well, you're the starter now, go and play well and expect them not to have some, some significant bumps in the road. So I think it depends on cost. I think it, the ideal situation for him, for players like him, butler Cockrell, those kind of not clear starters but kind of borderline starters is that you give them contracts where if they end up having to start that's not a problem because they, they're they're competent but also their contracts are not so big that if you they end up effectively being like rotation slash veteran debt then you're not bankrupting yourself to do it so i, I again i think it depends on what contract he wants like you know, the issue with trade boston I mean, you can, you can argue why he, he has been sort of a free agent every year for the last three or four years, despite playing relatively well. But if, if he wants serious, you know, star safety player, that he has not played like a star safety. He's played like a, a, a passable, mediocre starter kind of a safety. And if, and if that's what money you can get in for, then I think that's a hole you can fill. And maybe safety is something you then don't have to
0: address in the draft it feels like there's a few positions that we we're in this position whereby because we do have so many needs across the board when you do have a position like this and you say if we can get this guy you know it's bums on seats kind of thing isn't it and it's yeah if we can get him relatively cheap then just worry about safety in a year or two when you know when the rebuild has has started and we're, we're you know there's a bit of momentum going
1: yeah and I think the other thing there is about length of contract as much as it is about sort of size that that If you sign Boston to a two-year deal it means that in two years time if you've got a young player who's good you can move on from him but if you sign him to a five-year deal I mean I'm not saying they would sign him to a five-year deal but I think the 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 contract they're given Shaq Thompson means that Shaq Thompson is going to be the starting linebacker for the next two or three years and that they you know and that's not a problem because I think he's quite good but but there's a difference between giving someone a short-term deal that gives you some flexibility that allows you to, to to address the position without having to address the position um Whereas if you tie him down into a longer-term deal, you then kind of you can end up at the other end of the rebuild not able to move on from him because you gave him this long-term deal. So I, th- I think yeah, it's I'm mean, not that requires a player to agree to it, but I think the Panthers are probably looking for flexibility as much as
0: anything in the contracts they look to sign players to. Hmm. And do you think we're we're going to be active in the draft for for safety, or do you think we'll, we'll look at free agency?
1: Um, I think they will have interest.
0: I, 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 again,
1: it's, you know, I've said this about. 15 times already but you know it's going to be a, a largely best player available approach I'd have thought um th- there are some safeties who look quite good in the draft I, I can't imagine it's something they think well we have to go and draft a safety but yeah I, I think pa- particularly when you get into to day two and day three you're just taking whoever whoever's good regardless of what position they're at um and, and that could well be safety I, I certainly don't think it's a position they don't they couldn't draft. Um, but I also think, particularly if you are picking in the first round, you know, if they do pick at seven in the first round rather than trading down, I, 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 it's quite hard to justify drafting a safety seventh overall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's all the positions looked at. Do you want to like to deal with the offence? Give us a, your take on, on the defence as a whole then and, and where you think we're headed uh, as, as a team.
1: Yeah, so I think this... That this this was quite an old defense this year, um, and I think there's probably a chance that it sees a lot of turnover this offseason. That doesn't mean that ev- everyone is going to be gone or that they're not going to sign anyone at all, because you do actually have to have players out there who are competent. Um, but I I think there's a chance that they they look to move on from from a number of players, and and you start seeing. Younger players given a chance, whether that's a Jermaine Carter or a Christian Miller, or uh, you know even sort of a a, a Vernon Butler. Um, but I I, I, th- I think there's going to be a a lot of turnover on the defense in the next year or two, just because of the number of veterans they they are going to have to move on from. Um, but but there's also the thing that that there are so many holes on defense if they just let everyone go go that they they're going to have to bring some people back just to 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 avoid spending their entire draft just defend, drafting defensive players. Um, it, because of Phil Snow's flexibility and background, it's really hard to know exactly what the defence is going to look like. And so I think at the moment, it's just a matter of amassing talent. And, and just, you know, as long as you don't have all of your talent being interior defensive linesmen or safeties, if you, if you have a relatively distributed quality of talent, you can then start fitting those pieces together and then in future drafts or in future free agencies uh finding the pieces that allow you to fit everything together rather than sort of taking a myopic view just for this year uh yeah i, I think it's one of those things there's a chance the panthers are really really bad next year not not in terms of but i think i think it's 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 a bit like the 49ers in the first year shanahan was there that it's you can lose a lot of games whilst also looking competent. I think that's going to be the key defensively for the Panthers, particularly if a lot of people leave, that because of the number of new players you'll have to be starting, there's probably going to be issues, but it's about whether the issues are fundamental to what they're trying to do or whether it's just the player wasn't good enough and, and they couldn't do what they were being asked to do. And, and but, but what they were being asked to do was a reasonable thing to ask a, a competent player to do. So I, I'd imagine the run defence isn't as bad as it was last year, uh, but... God, please, please, it can't be worse, surely. <laughs> yeah, successive historically bad run defenses would be impressive, but no, I, I think it, it's 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 taking one step back to take two steps forward. I think is going to be what the defense looks like next year, particularly in 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 coverage. If they do let Bradbury go, it's get you know you're going to miss Luke Keekley if you let an Addison or a Bradbury leave. You're going to miss them, but part of rebuilding is accepting that you don't have to be the best possible team each year it's about being the best possible team in in two or three years
0: good stuff cool so that's just about wraps up the defense let's talk briefly it's not a huge amount to talk about on on special teams yeah um and um start things off with with kicker maybe i just follow the wrong people on twitter i don't know but this position seems to get talked about a lot on my timeline, and seems to get people really angry, I'm sure every time Harrison Butker kicks a, um, you know, a PAT or a, a field goal for the Chiefs, there's a, there's a corner of Panthers Twitter that cry, uh, yeah. because because we let him go, so, you know, it's, you know, Gno obviously um, was out for the season, which came as a shock to me, I know, when I first heard it, I knew there was some concerns around his, his um, standing leg but I didn't realize it was going to yeah.
1: be IR sounds, level yeah about. it sounds it sounds like it was pretty significant from what I understand um uh, kickers are really hard like it, there's loads of evidence that just drafting kickers is pretty much just random dumb luck uh it, it's not a particularly predictable position the, the because of what they do the the margin the the error margins are quite large because if you know if if you go out in a game and you kick four PATs, well you could make three of them, two of them, four of them, you know, obviously one or zero of them. But but the 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 difference between kicking eighty percent for a C, they don't take enough kicks that the sort of the 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 averages start to work out. So players will vary from year to year. Um, I think ultimately you could just do quite well too as long as you've got someone who's fine um, to not keep chasing a better kicker. Like sure, bring in a kicker in training camp every year, and and just see how good they are. But unless you've got someone who is kind of one of the great kickers, like half the teams in the NFL have effectively fine kickers, and Graham Cano is a slightly better than fine kicker, and Joey Sly seems to be a slightly better than fine kicker.
0: Um Cano's an expensive kicker though, isn't
1: he? Yeah, but they also—I mean, I was just looking now—they can save some money from moving on from him, and I think, if I'm honest, I think they probably will move on from Graham Gano. I think they save about 1.3 million next year by releasing him but he's 32 i mean kickers can play forever but yeah it's i don't think there's a huge difference between an awful lot of the kickers and if someone signed you know if someone makes it one kick that's spectacular everyone suddenly thinks they're amazing And if they if they miss a pat then, then, then the worst kicker who's ever lived <laughs> And actually, that,
0: that's that's pretty much what sums up Gano for me. Yeah. <laughs> Stick I, him at fifty five yards and like, yeah, okay, yep yeah, money, he's gonna get this. Put him on the the extra point and you're like, Oh god, is he gonna actually get this over?
1: Yeah, I mean but it, it it's it it just works out on the averages. Like I haven't got the data in front of me, but like, you know No one makes all the kicks. And there are some kickers who are noticeably very good and some who are noticeably very bad. But a lot of you know you know the bears have spent the last two years seemingly trying to find someone who can just make basic kicks you know alabama have lost national championships because they haven't had someone who could make 30 yard field goals it's you could spend an awful lot of time trying to make very slight improvements to your kicking when actually on the grand scheme of things you you could do better to to just not it's it's a bit so i i I mean is my view a little bit on a number of positions but it's like with quarterbacks and cornerbacks are some of the hardest positions to 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 find in the draft just because the uncertainties are really large and the same with kickers. So just, just sign some UDFAs every year and see how good they are. And and maybe they're terrible and maybe they're great, but just every year just sign a UDFA quarterback, a couple of UDFA corners and a UDFA kicker and just, just see. And, and if they're better than who you have, then you move on from who you have. And, you know, it, you, I don't think it's worth spending that much time trying to make, you know, marginal gains at kicker would be, would be my assessment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, While on the subject of uh, of kicking in general, um, returning is something that we seem to have had an interesting season. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what was happening to the ball when it was up in the air, but every single person we had back deep seemed incapable of catching one.
1: Yeah, Um, one of of the interesting things is they talked about Chase Blackburn maybe coming back as the special teams coach. And again, I have I have no idea what you know. It's quite hard to 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 assign quality or or inability to to one relatively junior coach, but they were rubbish on special teams this year. They were the worst punt. Defensively, they were the worst punt return team in the in the NFL, um, both in terms of yards allowed and touchdowns allowed. Uh, they were pretty naff returning kicks, and they had a load of muff punts. And it, it's, also they said a couple of field goals blocked as well. And it, it's kind of, it's not like the special teams unit was great last year. So it will be interesting to see if they do bring him back, why they chose to do that. Um, but yeah, the it's the one the one way i could see them drafting like you talk about sort of running backs if they could find a running back who can just competently return kicks i mean that that's just that's worth sort of a six or seven five. it's you don't need to be amazing at the special teams you just need to not be a disaster like you can lose games on special teams it's very hard to win games on special teams and i i, I think they just need to to just find someone who's competent and and have the patience to stick with them even if they have one muff punt rather than sort of panicking going well he's terrible now so we have to have to cut him and find someone else
0: <laughs> yeah just don't do it in week one because that's exactly what will happen <laughs>
1: yeah just, <laughs> just do,
0: get a few under your belt show everyone you're competent and then yeah everyone makes mistakes from time to time right but
1: <laughs> yeah Dion sanders did muff punts i, I don't i don't want to worry people um but it,
0: it it's yeah
1: it, again it, it's a bit like kicker where you can I think teams massively overthink it at times, and and actually just you know I, I, it seems so difficult to find someone who can just competently do it, um, and and yet for 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 some teams it seems so easy. I mean that, that, get me wrong, if you have a really good returner, it can be a massive plus. But you, you could you just want competence, you, you know, as long as you're sort of league average, the rest of the team can kind of make up for that
0: yeah so on, on the kickoff get it somewhere near the 25 and we we move on <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I mean, if, 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 if you're talking about like, the analytics things that they might bring in if you, if they kick it into the end zone just take the touchback. just don't don't you know it's just not worth trying to run it out the vast majority of the time like un- unless you're um cordell patterson who's just ridiculously good at it for some reason just 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 don't 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 beat yourselves and it, it seems the panthers seemed quite keen on beating themselves at times this year
0: certainly does yeah so um just to finish things off then i think palladi and, and larson i think
1: we yeah they're back
0: they're, you know, yeah
1: they're both quite yeah. good
0: nice yeah nice easy one to, to, <laughs> to finish off. Um, so that's the whole team wrapped up um yeah wow we've got some work to do right
1: <laughs> yeah but,
0: but i think i think i mean
1: in a way rebuilds are very frustrating and there are going to be times where it looks really bad on the field but the, you know you can also be quite optimistic about it in some ways and sort of go well you know if you accept they're not going to be very good in the next couple of years, this is a chance to build something and and build a team that can compete for a, for a long period of time. You just you you need to do not try and rush it to just be sensible and take the good players and build the talent and and you know particularly you need position coaches who can develop talent and coordinators who can put them in positions to succeed. But just you know the Panthers could could go into the draft with a fair amount of freedom, not not you know. Whereas last year they had to find an edge rusher and and you know in previous years they've had to find a receiver or had to find this or had to find that they can kind of just go into the draft and just just see if they can find some good players and if you come at the draft with four or five good players then that's that's great and if they're you know it doesn't really matter what position they are and, and then next year you can do the same thing and then you've start to get this, this this sort of quorum effectively of young talent that you can then start to fill the gaps around and, and in some ways, it's quite liberating that you can kind of just go like, OK, right, we don't have to worry about being the best possible team in 2020. We can we can focus on just doing things the right way and building talent and being good in a year or two's time. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's a process, as, as they say.
0: It, it's got to be tough for an organisation, though, because, you know, everyone is going to want to go to work and be successful, right? So it, it must be quite difficult sometimes to just accept where, OK, we're going to be we could be crap, or we will be crap this year, you know, and and yeah. not sort of try and chase those those extra wins to try and be a little bit better, to try and you know spend a bit more money to to get better, oh, and actually oh. accepting your rebuilding must be quite difficult sometimes.
1: Oh, don't get me wrong, you should go into each week trying to win. Like I I don't think the like tanking model works in the NFL. It's not like we you know, we're going to try and be bad. Um, it's more that you. You, you you have a little bit of freedom that that whereas the last couple of years Ron's job has basically depended on them making the playoffs and and, and the reason why he's fired is at least significantly in part because they didn't whereas now Rule can go in you know if they go 5-11 and 11 next year as long as they look like a competent 5-11 and 11 rather than just a shambles that's kind of a success and as long as they get better the year after like you know each year is about being better than the year before and each week is about being better than the week before Uh, and and that in some ways i think is could be quite liberating that there's not the you don't have to constantly be looking over your shoulder going are we going to make the playoffs or am i fired kind of thing that doesn't mean that everyone's gonna be safe and they can afford to be rubbish but there's there's probably less pressure which i think particularly if you're trying to got quite a young squad and they're try and develop players it's quite a good environment to do it that it's you know well just try and be back in you were last week and we'll see where we go um, but yeah no, I, I, I think also that there's there's a big difference between being dysfunctional and being bad and I think that it would be far more frustrating to feel part of a dysfunctional organisation I think that's for the last month of the season the Panthers felt dysfunctional rather than bad and I think that's probably more frustrating for players than just not being a particularly talented team. Mm. Uh, because that, that feels that kind of... It's not easy to end this function, whereas it's quite comparatively easy to add more talent because you just need time and competence.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, let's try and end on a positive. Um, yeah. There's, there's potentially some pain coming up. We know that. What, yeah. what do you think, you know, as Panthers fans, we have that we could be excited about for next I season? think.
1: I think you've got a, a, a core of coaches who have a sense of pragmatism and innovation that very few teams have, if any, and, and that there are an awful lot of teams being poorly run and where where there's there's limited hope for change. And actually, whilst Rivera was not a bad coach, I think there was very little sense that anything significant was ever going to change under him. Whereas I think now you... you although it could be really bad that it could be really good and there's uncertainty works both ways and the panthers have a lot of a lot of potential as a team now that that you've got young coaches who 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 are willing to try new things and it might not all work but that you could be sitting here in two or three years time with the panthers having having schemes and coaches that everyone around the nfl is jealous of which i don't think was ever going to be the case under rivera Um, and also you have you have enough young talent that in 2011 before the Panthers drafted Cam Newton they were really terrible Um, and even when they drafted Cam and Luke the the team still lacked a lot of talent and it took five years to build a contender even hitting on two generational talents the Panthers have a lot more talent than that right now and have a lot more young talent like that and and whilst this rebuild is going to take some time there's there's a lot more to be optimistic about than there was the last time they rebuilt.
0: Tough. Cool. So um, just one thing worth mentioning, you're <clears throat> going to be putting together some articles, aren't you, for the Right Report website? Yeah, um,
1: essentially going, going through... Yeah.
0: Do you want to give us a bit of an idea of what they look like?
1: Yeah. So we're going to go through each position group and talk about where the Panthers are and, and basically what we've done here, but in a bit more detail in articles. Um, And they're going to then link through into our off-season coverage around free agency in the draft. So it's just sort of a a primer, effectively, for for this off-season.
0: Cool. And when should people expect to start seeing those dropping? Uh,
1: That's that's still to be decided, but I'd have thought in the next couple of weeks it's probably a a, a realistic timeline.
0: Good stuff. So um, that's all from us this time. And we will be back in February to kick off the draft coverage and take you all the way up to the draft in Vegas. Um, you can get all of your off-season coverage on the right Report, so do check that out because there's a lot of great stuff coming up on there. And please do subscribe, like, comment, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts from. Tell your friends, tell pass this on to any other Panthers fans that you know, and do give us both a follow on Twitter. I'm at Royal Riot UK, and Vincent, where can people find you?
1: I am at V Richardson 444.
0: Great stuff. Thank you very much, Vincent from us but do join us in February where we be back well we will be back, sorry, on the Great British Drafting Show.
1: Goodbye.